welcome to another trip down the Bourbon Road with your hosts, Jim and Mike. So grab a glass of your favorite bourbon and kick back. This episode is brought to you by Seldom Seen Farms Bourbon Aged Maple Syrup out of Ohio, six to nine months in a bourbon barrel. Jim, where can they find it at? You can find it on SeldomSeenMaple.com. Get you some. Hey, this is Big Chief, and you're listening to The Bourbon Road. So you know how we like to do it. We like to get on the road sometimes. We like to visit these craft distilleries around America because bourbon is America's native spirit. It can only uh, happen in America. Um, so... You know, I got on the road this morning. I was visiting my little brother up in Oklahoma City. Some reason that GMC pickup headed south to Dallas, Fort Worth. And I ended up at a little distillery called Blackland Distillery um, right in Fort Worth, just a couple miles from the stockyards. I rolled up here. I could smell some barbecue rolling too. So this is going to be a pretty special episode, I think, because we're going to eat a little barbecue and pair it with some whiskey. But we do got some guests on today. We got Marcus Kiprios on with us, the founder, the owner, the man, the myth, the legend of the Fort Worth area. He's uh, putting the whiskey to the stockyards is what I hear. And then we also got Derek Walker, Texas Ranger. (laughs) No, no no relation. (laughs) Uh, From Smokeaholics. (laughs) They are uh, a famous uh, barbecue joint in here. So what I like is that Derek's a big guy like me. Uh, it, it meant that the barbecue is probably going to taste pretty damn good. He's got Boss Man on his shirt. Yep, yep. Uh, I know it's going to be good and stuff. I was going to call you a little bit, little big chief. <laughs> <laughs> you're a little, you're a little older than me, a little bit. Just a little. Does that make you feel better when a bigger man walks in the room? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I like to be the big guy. <laughs> it's always good to be a big guy, right? Yeah. Me and my little brother walked into a bar the other day, and uh, everybody stopped and turned and looked at us, and uh, they were sizing me up. I knew that's what's that's what's going on in people's minds when you're like a foot taller than everybody else. They're like, um, okay. Hope this guy acts right. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get straight to the whiskey, Marcus. Let me, uh, when did you start this distillery? Sure. We built uh, the distillery in 2018. We opened the tasting room in March of 2019. We started distribution in September of 2019. So really, we've only had about two full years of distribution now. Two full years. And and what states are you distributed in right now so we're all over texas uh just launching in oklahoma and uh we're launching in uh, nine other states uh this first and second quarter of this year so a lot of states probably some plans to expand and stuff but we have a plethora of glasses and whiskey in front of us (laughs) right so we always say we like to get straight to the whiskey so what's the first whiskey we're going to taste of yours uh, the first one is our uh, bourbon. It's a blend. Um, so we started distilling in 2018. And what we do uh, is we source four and a half year old bourbon and rye uh, from Minnesota. And then we blend that with our young um, distillate from 2018 and 2019. The goal is to eventually just have your own straight bourbon and rye, right? Um, and our bourbon's gonna be released uh, hopefully in November or December of this year, our first straight stuff. 
But the first is our, our 83 proof bourbon. Um, it's our number two seller. A couple things about this bourbon. We made this blend to appeal to a pretty broad audience. I think this is a very easy to drink sipping bourbon. Um, again, it's 83 proof. So this is not an aggressive in your face bourbon, which some people like and some people don't like. Uh, it's very soft, which is everything we do here and how we distill the spirits. Uh, but this is, I almost call it a great entry bourbon, uh, especially for a lot of people who are not big bourbon drinkers in the first place. I like that nose on it. It's still got a little bit of corn to it, but I can tell you, you blended a, a little bit. I was talking earlier about tasty notes, that, mm -hmm. that honeycomb cereal when you smell this. Some of the floral notes, maybe some of that. I get a lot of honey on this for some reason. I'm getting that uh, maybe a little honey suckle when you're walking mm -hmm. down a road, country road. Mm, I can get the oak in it. Everybody's going to say that, right? It's got oak and some vanilla <laughs> notes and stuff. But let's taste this thing. I say cheers, everybody. Cheers. You don't get the honeycomb cereal there, Marcus? Oh, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. Little bit of bite to it. Little bit. A little bit of spice. Not uh no no Kentucky hug there. Is this no. a sweet mash or a sour mash? Uh it's a sour mash, but let me just say too, like I agree there's not a lot of burn on the end and or really in the chest. And again, that's how we're making it. Also, we're very uh focused on water here. And you know, sometimes we talk not to geek out on but this is the point of the podcast, right? When you have an 83, think about it this way. When you have an 83 proof bourbon, uh, that means 41 and a half percent is alcohol. So you're left with 68 and a half percent, if my math is right, of water. Water is incredibly important in terms of both the flavor and the finish. So we spend a lot of time on that, just like Kentucky. Uh, they, of course, have the limestone. We don't, uh, we have to do other things. Uh, but I, I really think that contributes, that's my long answer of that really contributes um, to why you're not feeling a lot of that in your chest there. Now, where do you guys get your yeast at? We don't have some sort of proprietary yeast or where we're making it. Uh, we use different yeasts for our bourbon and our rye. Um, and you know, we also make a vodka and a gin here. Uh, so they're all different, they're all engineered, um, but it's nothing, I don't want to say it's not special because I think the yeast is incredibly important to the flavor of the alcohol, um, but we source it. Is it from Firm Solutions? Uh, no. No. Okay. Why is that the dominant yeast they producer? Are a dominant yeast maker in America, <laughs> in America for beer, wine, whiskey, you name it. They're it. Yeah. I, this is a beautiful little whiskey. I think you're right. Um, it's not overpowering to where a new whiskey drinker would be like, wow. I think a Scotch drinker uh, or Irish whiskey drinker um, or rye whiskey drinker, maybe even somebody that's drinking a really good wine could get into this right here. Um, it's not off-putting. Off a little sweetness on it. I get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I get the sweetness, too. So, yeah, like I told you, I'm kind of a noob when it comes to this. And uh, I've been drinking more scotch than bourbon <clears throat> and wine as well. And this is this is super smooth. And I, I love the sweetness and that it doesn't have a lot of bite. Like this is in my eyes, superb. I mean, I'm, I know I'm a noob, but it, <laughs> it's, it's superb to me. 
So, Marcus, what how what was the idea? How'd you get the idea? Say, you know what? Not everybody just walks down the street. So, you know what I'm gonna do today? I'm gonna start myself a whiskey distillery. <laughs> right. Except for guys like me. That's you know. Uh, no, uh, my 30 second story is that I was a lawyer in Fort Worth, uh, but uh, I've always had a passion for food and wine. So at night I went to culinary school. And then after I graduated, I got into wine and part of the sommelier exam is distilled spirits. So then I went to five schools around the country to learn how to make alcohol. And I saw it was very much like cooking. Uh, and so, and that's the approach that we have here. You're cooking grain, you're uh, fermenting it, you're imparting flavor on it, you're filtering it. And so, um, I put a business plan together and I left my firm and built this in 2018. And here we are. It's just really a culmination of a passion for food and wine. So you, you went to school at like the greatest law school in America, right? <laughs> I went to school at the, uh, at the most beautiful campus in America, Pepperdine. Yes. At Pepperdine. <laughs> yeah. But you didn't go to university of Texas law school. Uh, no, I went to undergrad at UT. Okay. Yeah, sorry. That's yes. what I was hinting oh, at. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, it was a, yes, I'm a Longhorn. You know, you, <laughs> I've probably just alienated half my half the audience here. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> nah, they know Big Chief's a Texas Longhorns fan, so I kind of geek out on it. Mark, where'd you go to culinary school? I went here at the Culinary School of Fort Worth. So oh, you're, you yeah. went to culinary school, too? Mm -hmm, yeah. So you're just a jack of all trades. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, one, one was for profession and one was for passion, right? There's the, that's the difference. Yeah, but yes. yeah. So you start the distillery. Was there some growing pains in starting it in Texas? Well, I, sure. Uh, you know, I, I always say there's a, a brewery on every corner because it's much easier to, in my opinion, to brew beer in that you can start it up, you can build it, you can turnkey it, and you can have product out immediately. The barriers to entry for a distillery are, are much more difficult. Um, and I would say a lot of the laws are antiquated dating back to prohibition. So there was a lot of red tape and then there was a lot of learning as you go. Right. Um, because we've set up basically a manufacturing plant back here and you have to get the right equipment uh, and you have to get the right engineering and you have to put it all together correctly. And that's not even to say, um, then making the alcohol and then distributing the alcohol um, and then marketing and selling the alcohol. So, you know, here we are in 2022 and I would say right now it's taken us about this long to really get going down the track. Well, I'd say you got a great startup. I, we took a quick tour through your facility. Uh, I saw your steels, which tell me about your steels real fast. You got a different steel than I've ever seen before. Yeah. Um, we use what are actually called eye stills from the Netherlands. They're state of the art um, stills. Uh, very happy with the alcohol they're producing. They're fully automated. Um, and without getting too much into the science, because the process is the same, but essentially we've programmed in all of our cuts uh, beforehand. And so now it really is more of oversight and automation. Uh, but what I think is really consistency and produces very clean alcohol. Wow. Well, let's go back to your, the name of Blackland. I know what the meaning of it is, but why don't you tell our listeners what's, what's Blackland mean? So there are seven eco regions in Texas, and we live in the Blackland Prairie, one of those. It runs north of Fort Worth down to San Antonio. Uh, it got its name because hundreds of years ago, there were frequent fires that caused the soil to be black and charred. And I like that geographical idea and connotation because we are aging whiskey in charred barrels. Uh, and so, again, I like the connection to a 
where we are. And I like the connection to the aging of, of whiskey. And that's like some of the most fertile farmland in, in Texas, right? Is this region all the way down to San Antonio, a lot of, lot of wheat, a lot of rye grown. Absolutely. And there's a lot of black land businesses all around as well. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Derek, did you know that? I did not know that. I got a history lesson just then. <laughs> And that's fair. I grew up here. I didn't know that. <laughs> I like it. Well, let's 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 sip on another whiskey. What's mm-hmm. the next whiskey you got for us? I think it would just make sense because we just had the bourbon. Um, we also make a 100 proof bourbon, which is the same bourbon, but we've upped the proof a little bit. Okay, um, this is very popular in what I like, to, like steakhouses, um, nicer cocktail bars, because what they do is essentially it's, it's great for cocktails for the dilution. You want that higher proof. Sure. Now, they're also just avid whiskey drinkers who like the higher proof. Uh, and so for that. Uh, we made the 100 proof again it's really the same spirit and i think it's good that you just drank it with just more alcohol now on this one it the sweet more sweetness there more caramel flavoring it it smells like not to say it has caramel flavoring i'm saying just saying that caramel smell to it you ever derek you ever seen anybody make caramel before i've made it quite a few times myself you get that smell off there when you're you know you're making it I know I got those those that weird nose I got. It's good. I mean, every, <laughs> everything you said about the last one, I tasted and I smelled myself. So already, yeah, I'm loving your descriptions. I'm getting some deep floral on this one, not that honeysuckle. More of, um, you know, I wouldn't say daisies, uh, like in a, in a yard or something. Uh, a dandelion. If you ever smelt a dandelion, you set, spent the time to pick one up and sniff on it a little bit. I do weird stuff like that. <laughs> um, maybe even a little bit of a watermelon or a cantaloupe. Cantaloupes are big in Texas. Get a little bit of that. Nuts. That is nuts. Well, again, I just, it's obviously the higher proof alcohol that's bringing out the different notes. Right? Yeah. That, got- that, that sugary sweetness is there and stuff. Well, I'll say cheers, gentlemen. Oh, when that cantaloupe is right there with just a little bit of spice. What's that? Uh, there is a Spanish. Uh, it's like a red spice that you could put on like saffron, watermelon. not saffron, not saffron. Uh, no, it's got a little saltiness to it. You put it on like watermelon. Oh, tagine. Yeah. Just a little bit of that spice on here. Um, I love it. Just those cooking notes. Maybe some of the nutmeg and stuff isn't there, but. Now, being 100 proof, this one's a little bit more viscous. Yep. Coating your mouth and stuff. Both of them have that medium finish to it. I like that. I like it. Still, no Kentucky hug on this one. <laughs> it's not, there's not a buffalo running down my chest trying to kick me or anything. It's just, it's there, but it's letting you know how hey, I'm a whiskey. I'm 100 proof. I could see how this is a little bit nicer in a cocktail. So, Marcus, how hard was it to get Fort Worth? to get on board with what you're doing. Oh, I think Fort Worth's been great. Uh, especially the public. Right. And then I, I just think Texas in general, cause we spend a lot of time in Austin and San Antonio and Houston and everyone appreciates if you're going to make something the right way, which is what we're trying to do. Um, and, and we have a, you know, saying around here, we're trying to elevate craft a little bit and really focus on 
from the ingredients to the bottling to the tasting room to everything we're doing, right? The process. And if you do it the right way, Texas supports Texas. Uh, and, and that really has been great for us. Yeah, setting up this trip, you know, I was working with five different distilleries and I got to say across the board, everybody I talked to, I said, here's what I'm trying to do. This is who I'm trying to go see. Do you have somebody else in mind? And people were so nice about it, about others. Hey, you should go see this person or see that person. Hey, I got a number for you. Um, talked about bringing in barbecue joints and stuff. And uh, everybody was just on board. And they're like, man, what a, that's a great idea. I mean, I do have an idea for you. Hopefully, Hannah's paying attention to what I'm about to say. I'm full of great ideas. <laughs> I would like to see one of these uh, cast strength and call it Blacklands Stockyard. Blackland Stockyard. Yeah. And that would be your cast strength because you're right here by the stockyard. Yes. Right? And I mean, and all of the stockyard restaurants carry us. Um, they're big supporters of us. And how could it not be cast strength? You got the rodeo right there. You got mm-hmm. you got the Texas Longhorns, right? <laughs> yes. Huh? Yes. Tell me that's Is it a bad idea? You can say it's a bad idea. <laughs> no. I mean, that's, no. Just, that's just me. We've talked about doing a stockyard special bottle and maybe that's the way to go. Yeah. I think it is. We're the Texas Longhorn on the little front of it or something. <laughs> and then we and then we lost everybody. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's not the, about the college. It's more about yes. the animal itself. Yes, in it's, Fort Worth, that is the symbol here is, yeah. the, is the, the Longhorn. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, iconic animal yes. of Texas right there. Yes. If somebody said, what's the animal of Texas, I would say the Longhorn. Yeah. And Fort Worth as well. Especially yeah. Fort Worth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think cattle drives, you know, sure. the new show out there, 1883, I'm sure people are loving it and stuff, but yeah. I, I think that just ties in. They're leaving Fort Worth. They've got some longhorns and stuff um, that would fit perfectly in there and stuff. Well, what's your next whiskey you got for us? Okay. So the next is the rye. Um, this is my favorite of all the whiskeys that we make. Uh, you know, the rye grain tends to be spicier i would call this a soft rye Uh, again it's 83 proof i sell a lot of this at uh, cocktail bars Uh, this is such a great spirit for old fashions uh it's got a little bit more going on for me than the bourbon and you know bourbon is certainly more popular generally than rye i'm on a huge rye kick right now i just think it's a this is a great drink to put over ice or a great spirit to put over ice. This is what I sip on. It's got a lot going on, but again, very soft for a rye. We sell a lot of this actually in Texas because other than Balcones, there's not a ton of Texas rye out there. Sure. So it's a much easier, same with our gin, by the way, even in Texas. So when you're selling a Texas spirit and there's less competition and it's good, you can get it into a lot of places. What's your uh, mash bill on this right here? So the blend, when the what we source is 100% rye, okay? And then our blend, which I'm transparent about everything that we do, um, for, for the rye is 80% rye and then 20% of a grain called triticale, which oh, yeah. is grown here. And I, by the way, not to go on a tangent, but I love the triticale so much, which is a cross-pollinate of rye and wheat. Wow that we cook and ferment and distill a barrel every week. Um, and we will release that probably in 2023, 2024, um, and just call it Blackland Whiskey. But it's going to be 100% Triticale. I, I actually just read an article about uh, Triticale that 
it could actually um, do away with rye and wheat in America in the next 50 years um, because it's so much more of a hearty grain. It's so much easier to work with than uh, wheat or rye. It's certainly for us much easier to work with on the dis- distilling side than rye. Uh, cause rye is the most difficult for yeah, us. Sticky, yeah. nasty. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but, but aside from that, I just love the flavor of triticale and I like that it's not a lot, not a lot of people are using it and, uh, it's a differentiator, but if it wasn't good, I wouldn't do it. You're, I think you're the only second people we've had on uh, dry fire distilling out in uh, yeah, Spokane, Spokane, Washington. They have a yep, bottle. Yep. My uh, wife's from Spokane. So that's, uh, I tasted it one time and I said, well, this is very interesting. Sure. <laughs> this, uh, I was going to say this was a higher rye. It's not that Kentucky rye mash bill. I thought it was a 95.5. So once you put that together, 100% rye, the 80, 20, um, the notes on this are more sweet. Um, you know, that just has that Maryland rye, that Pennsylvania yes. rye, right? That's really, truthfully, was America's first uh, spirit because uh, German immigrants came over and they started making. A lot of people think Scotch Irish, right? Um, but really, it was the Germans that brought that over, which is the dominant grain in Europe at the time and still today is rye. So that it's just a neat thing to figure that out that they came over here up in I think Boston and somewhere in the 1600s i actually wrote that in an article that they made the first rye whiskey in america well, was at least from what we know um i don't think anybody was making anything in jamestown at the time uh, probably because of the religious practices there um but you know those those are uh, rebels up there in boston <laughs> um, with their their tea and stuff they got to have some whiskey Derek, you had a question about this yeah so for any novice that may be listening. What's the difference between uh, a bourbon whiskey and a rye whiskey? So a few things. Bourbon has a lot of rules and regulations. I'm sure most of the audience knows this, but it has to be made in America. Uh, has to be at least 51% corn uh, in your grain mash. Has to be aged in a new oak American barrel. Can't be used. Has to be oak. Uh, and similarly, rye has to be at least 51% rye in the grain mash that you use. And that's, as I was, I was saying earlier, the rye as a grain and, and as a chef, you know, just tends to have a spicier finish on it. Mm-hmm. All right. I find the rye to be the most polarizing of all the spirits we make in that, um, it tends to be a spirit that men gravitate to a little bit more than women. Uh, but it's also such a great cocktail drink because of the finish and the flavor. Um, it's really, you know, gotten really popular in the last 10 years as well. Uh, and it's, that's only continuing. This has that, uh, little bit of not drying on the back end of this. I was going to say bitter, but it's not bitter. It's, it's like a dry red wine when you taste it. Um, it's got that sweetness on the front of your palate. By the time it gets to the back of the palate, um, it's dried out a little bit. Probably, I was kind of surprised that this has a, a very, very, right there, just a medium finish on it. Um, not very viscous, that drying effect. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of wine drinkers would gravitate to this right here um, because of that. Right. Red wine drink is great with a steak right here, right? right? Or before a steak. Probably pair perfect with a cigar, uh, Derek. Definitely. Yeah. 
Um, I'm glad you asked that. A lot of people don't know that about um, bourbons and whiskeys. Mm-hmm. And some people think a bourbon is not a whiskey and yeah. uh, <laughs> rye is something else. But you said you drink Crown Royal and that's a rye whiskey mm-hmm. um, or you used to drink Crown yep. Royal. Um, yep. Now you, gra- you graduated to, to the big boy club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even uh, in, in, I don't know if you know this that um, almost all scotch is aged in bourbon barrels. Yeah, I do. And same thing about Irish whiskey. Um, that's a large market for that. Almost I think ninety percent of all the barrels from Kentucky go to Scotland and Ireland. Mm. Uh, so it's just dirty bourbon you've been drinking. <laughs> dirty bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> they can say it's Scottish, but it. it it's got some American in it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know our Scotch listeners out there are going to be like, God dang it, big chief. <laughs> Why are you picking on us? But, um, <laughs> man, I, it's some great whiskeys so far. Uh, I love it. I love this stuff. I really um, appreciate it. So you got one more for the first half uh, we're going to sip on. What's that? Uh, what's that next one? Well, this is probably the most controversial of the spirits that we make, but uh, ironically, it's also our number one seller. Uh, surprise surprise <laughs> surprise surprise this is the texas pecan brown sugar bourbon and before your audience revolts and throws things at the screen or whatever they're listening to this on um a couple things like i know the purists say you know you shouldn't have sugar and bourbon and you can't call it bourbon um there is a large group of the world that likes what i call sugar whiskey period uh and Fireball is one of the top-selling whiskeys in the world. Okay. There's no doubt. There is no doubt. Drink some of it the other night. Exactly. <laughs> so if the world wants sugar whiskey, then like everything we're doing, I wanted to elevate that a little bit and create what I consider a good sugar whiskey without some sort of cinnamon flavor. Uh, and so thus the Texas Pecan Brown Sugar Bourbon was formed. Uh, I think it is a little sweet for me, for my particular palate as a whiskey drinker. But my palate is irrelevant because this is what people drink. And I will say it is very good. I made a very good, we made here a very good sugar whiskey. We're very happy with it, as is the world, apparently. And, I, you know, I'm going to let you taste it and we, we can discuss it from here. I'm very familiar with this one. <laughs> we're, well, yeah, we're going to find out how familiar you are in the second half for sure. <laughs> um, Marcus, walk me through the process of making this. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's probably my favorite day in the distillery when we actually make this because it smells like a bakery in the back. Um, we take the bourbon and then we steep it in pecans and then we add some vanilla and then an ungodly amount of uh, muscovado sugar. And muscovado sugar is the sugar that's just off the sugar cane. We tried about 20 different sugars. Uh, but much like food, ingredients are the most important thing when you're making something right. And so we found the right sugar. Um, and that's just, you know, dessert in a glass is what some people call it. The nose on this is just spectacular. <laughs> It'd be like walking into a, a sugar cane field, uh, you know, that brown sugar that it, it's, it's almost undescribable. It's, it's just so good. If you, if you walked into somebody that was making candies and stuff yes, and you walk into a place like that, a fudge shop or anything like that. And you just smell all that. Right. Um, what's the, uh, place down in new Orleans that makes the, 
the fried little donuts. The Dumont, uh, uh, Cafe du Monde. Dumont, yeah, Cafe yeah. du Monde. And there's so much of that powdered sugar mm-hmm. going on there. It, it's almost like you walk into a cloud of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the smell in that place, it not that New Orleans is a stinky place, but <laughs> it drives that Bourbon Street smell away and you just get this big sugar effect um i kind of love that and that's what's inside this glass right here that brown sugar um man love every, it. every time i sip this i get so many recipe ideas yes like, it goes well with food it does right um people really put a lot of this in their coffee or, or so they tell me <laughs> which I find in the morning. <laughs> I, I could, I could definitely. If you just drank black coffee, yes. and you want some sugar in it. Yes, this would be perfect for yep. it right here. This is maybe just a little bit of cream, but perfect. Well, cheers. I just thought about a pecan pie with right. Yeah, pecan pie recipe with this would be great. Man, I got so many things to say about this. <laughs> Perfect after dinner dessert whiskey, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, I would put this in the same category, and you're going to love this. Uh, if you've ever drank ice wine out of like Germany, yeah. um, n- North America has some ice wines out there, depending on the wineries and stuff, where they let the grape freeze. It concentrates the sugars, and it makes a super, super powerful uh sweet wine uh, my wife ice wine yeah um some, sounds like i've been missing so it's a it's a des- more of a dessert wine it's it very special they came in very small bottles and stuff because it's very limited um you got to get the grapes at the right time um i put that with that marcus that's that's some high praise from me right thank there. you i like it i think it has its time its place i don't care what all the naysayers say uh <laughs> there's so many things out there like it um that not brown sugar, but sweet whiskeys, like you said, like right. Fireball. Mm-hmm. Um, honey whiskey is a popular yeah, one. Yeah, honey whiskeys. Yeah. Hey, listen, Jimmy Russell made a little bit of money for Wild Turkey with his American honey, right? He did. There's no doubt about it. And he did that thing in 19, like 81 or 82. I could be wrong about that. But if you went back today and they said you can't do it, what would you, what would they say? You know? I heard somebody the other night. It's like, I want to get a pour of bourbon. And we were in a bar and, and she was like, what do you want? And she was like, I want that American honey. And I, I just like, uh, okay. <laughs> All right, whatever. I, I'm going to go back to drinking beer. Um, but it, time and place is everything. I think it has its time and place. You said it right at dessert whiskey. You're not trying to say, Hey, drink this beforehand. You said, let's drink it for dessert. Let's have it in our coffee. Um, let's enjoy it the way it needs to be enjoyed. Bourbon has its place. Rye whiskey has its place. And this definitely has its place. And Hey, at the end of the day, you don't care people, how people drink it. Right. I don't. You pour it, pour it over honeycomb cereal. It'd be just fine. As long as they're buying it and drinking it and enjoying it. That's the most important thing. I will say, uh, We've seen a lot of people like bars and restaurants pick this up and they really like it. And I think the two best ways I've seen it made, and we do it here in the tasting room too, we do what's called a salted pecan old fashioned. So we take an ounce of the pecan and we take an ounce of the rye and we do uh, some walnut bitters and a little bit of salt. And I'll pour that for you here as a cocktail. Uh, But I think that's the way to go because you're not putting, you don't need any simple syrup because the sweetness of the pecan is already there, right? Yep. 
Um, that's a popular cocktail in the world. And then we also do, or people are doing a version of an espresso martini. So instead of vodka, they use the Texas pecan brown sugar bourbon and coffee. And that sells really well. And certainly a lot of women like that as well. Yeah. Well, on the second half, we're going to talk about the future of Blackland. We're going to eat some of Derek's. What I hear is some amazing uh, barbecue. Uh, we'll drink some cocktails. Um, Derek's going to give me a schooling on, on barbecue, tell me how to, to make my own barbecue, I think. Um, and we'll be right back. Listeners, you know what's great in a cocktail or on some waffles? is maple syrup aged in bourbon barrels for six to nine months. Seldom seen farms, takes bourbon barrels. He's got 2,500 trees where he takes the sap out of it, boils it down and makes some beautiful syrup, puts it in those bourbon barrels. Um, Just so delicious. You can check him out at seldomseenmaple.com. He's got it by the cases. You can get it. You can get it at eight ounce bottle. You can get it, uh, case of 12 he's also got some other things that you might want to check out a bourbon maple candle that will just make your house uh, smell delicious it'll smell like an elf on a shelf just hit your place i'm telling you um so check them out like i said seldom seen maple.com we'd appreciate it All right, listeners, we are back. We are at Blackland Distillery in Fort Worth, Texas. I got Marcus, the man, the myth, the legend that created this amazing place and this amazing whiskey. Uh, But the second half, we're going to focus on a whole big old plate of chicken wings. You sure those aren't ostrich legs? (laughs) They're humongous chicken legs, man. They are, man. But Derek, you you cook something for us, Dave. What mm-hmm. you got for us? Or smoked, I should yeah. say. So I have some pecan smoked chicken wings that I've glazed with. Uh, it's kind of like an Asian inspired glaze, but it's using uh, Black Man's Texas pecan brown sugar bourbon as the star of the show. So it's got a little soy, a little garlic, a little five spice, and um, pretty much you know salt and pepper and a little butter. And we use that to make a glaze for these wings, man. And we did this first at the. Um, Fort Worth Food and Wine Festival, and they just took off, man. They were a huge hit. Everybody out there loved them, and they've actually been asking for this sauce. And it was just something that I created on the spur. But um, I think it's something we're going to have to actually mass produce before it's all said and done. And I'll let you guys taste them and be the judge and let, let us know if it's something that we should do or not. Now, what we're pairing this with right now, uh, Marcus, you made us a cocktail. And you actually went back there and made it. Nobody else, you're back there working. What what'd you make for us? <laughs> That's true. Uh, don't tell my staff, though, because they don't like me to go behind the bar. And, uh, everything that goes wrong, it's my fault here. We have uh, one of the cocktails on our menu. It's the salted pecan old-fashioned. So we do an ounce of rye, an ounce of the Texas pecan brown sugar bourbon, uh, some walnut bitters, and then just a pinch of salt to finish it off. That sounds like the perfect thing to pair with. Let's, let's grab does. some of these chicken wings, and we'll see. we'll see if this is the fat man's dream or not. All right. Good Lord. I think my tongue just done drilled a hole to the top of my mouth, trying to slap my brain to death. Man, this is almost slap your mama so good right here. <laughs> Derek, man, the chicken on this is just super tender. Cook, cook perfect. I don't like when a chicken wing is undercooked. Oh, no. I always get scared. Not. You know, it's too chewy. You start wondering. 
Mm-hmm. And because it's smoked, it'll have that red tint to it. And you're mm-hmm. like, mm, okay. But this right here is pull away from the bone goodness. Um, the sauce that you made with that brown sugar bourbon, delicious. I mean, Thank perfect. Um, and it paired perfectly. The saltiness in this cocktail pairs perfect with the sweetness of those wings. Just a little bit of spice there. Yep. What's the spice in there? It's got some um, crushed red pepper, and then it's got some sweet Asian chili paste for the spice. Marcus over there, look at look at his plate. <laughs> Good lord, he, he's the skinniest one here, I think. And he, the man's <laughs> hungry. He's starving to death over there. There's nothing but bone left, Marcus. That's amazing. <clears throat> how how did you cook the chicken? Can I ask you? I just smoked it over pecan wood for about two and a half hours. Mm. Now that's my favorite wood to smoke with is pecan. Now what what's the difference with smoking with pecan for our listeners and smoking with let's say mesquite that most people think that Texans smoke with? So pecan is um, more sweet. Pecan is, it, I mean, they're all hardwood. So mostly in Texas, people use oak, um, red oak, white oak, post oak, post oak. Some people use live oak, but uh, pecan is also a native Texas wood. And that's that's what I've always grew up using. That's what my granddad used. So that's what I use. It's a little sweeter. It doesn't burn as hot as oak or mesquite. Mesquite is kind of overpowering if you if 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 you don't know how to use it. It has a, a huge huge smoky taste, and uh, it's prevalent in whatever you cook with it if you don't know how to use it. But I have used from time to time a little mixture of pecan and mesquite, but I always just end up back with pecan. So I. I- you're, you're preaching, Ram. You're preaching it up right here. I say amen to the, all that right there. Um, a lot of things people don't know about uh, pecan wood mm-hmm. is it doesn't give you that overly smoky taste, right? What I don't want on barbecue is I don't want to be driving the next day and have a burp come up exactly. and, and I taste it's like an ashtray or something. Exactly. Nobody wants that, right? Exactly. So that comes from uh, 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 either your fire's choking out uh, or what we call a dirty fire. Uh, usually you got a lot of ash built up or your, your your pit doesn't breathe right, so you get that thick white smoke coming out of there. What you want is that thin blue, uh, what we call sweet blue smoke, to where it's so faint that you can't even hardly see the smoke coming out of there, and that's a clean burn. I mean, if you do that, you're pretty much good with any wood that you use. You, you got to know how to manage a fire. Well, me and my brother, we grew up in the hill country of Texas, right? Not mm-hmm. two, two and a half hours away from here, and we grew up on a big stick burner, and we had a big pecan bottom. So naturally what you use yep. is pecan wood. Um, and we'd always have that taste. And then you'd go somewhere else. You know, our stepdad, he grew we learned how to cook brisket from him mm-hmm. and kielbasa, right? Mm-hmm. The big thing around around central Texas. And that's what we learned about that wood. And you'd go somewhere else and eat barbecue and you'd be like, yep. that tastes kind of mm-hmm. weird. Um and he would always say, hey, you can't rush barbecue. No. It takes time. Definitely right? it takes, takes time. Love and time. It's done when it's done. Yeah. That's what I always say. People ask, how long? It's done when it's done. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, this is done right here. This is perfect. <laughs> Marcus, I don't, Marcus not leaving us any chicken for ourselves over there. Marcus done tore it up. Look, and I was trying to eat mine back away from the microphone because I didn't know if you guys were into ASMR at all, but that's exactly what you're going to do if I'm a little closer to this mic. <laughs> well, hey, I love both of these. Uh, I think it's a great pairing. Uh, some chicken with this right here. Um, it's not, too fulfilling. Um, where are you guys located here in uh, Fort Worth, Mark? So, Derek, 
We're located at 1417 Evans Avenue, which is right off of uh, 35 near the medical district. And we're pretty much centrally located. We're only about a few miles from the stockyards ourselves. So uh, everything is we're easy to get to from anywhere is what I like to say in the Metroplex. So and um, so we were uh, talking earlier about the my latest uh, top 50 uh, nomination through the Texas Monthly Magazine. That's kind of brought some crowds out. Well, we had crowds in the, anyway, but that's kind of brought some more crowds. So we're open Wednesday through Saturday from 11 to 7, and it's probably good to get there early on any of those days. So what happens when you run out of barbecue? Closed. That Amen to that, man. I love it. <laughs> we're done. We're done. You probably assign if a barbecue joint is open at like 9 o'clock at night, not, mm-hmm. a, not a good sign, yeah. right? No, we never make it to seven. We're not. We're normally closed by five o'clock, five five thirty. Yeah, that's hey, that's what I love. I yeah. love that, man. Marcus, is that some place you go quite often? I know you like it, so uh, yeah, I've been. And but the problem when you win an award like that, where you're at Texas Monthly and they say here are the top fifty barbecue restaurants in the entire state of Texas. Is that then everyone finds out about it <laughs> and then everyone goes, which they should. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I like great food and it's an amazing spot. Well, the good thing for you is, you know, a man that knows a man. Yes, right? That's right. <laughs> uh, that's always a good thing to know. Right. Mm-hmm. It's uh, pretty awesome that it's coming to my tasting room today. I, I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> so in your tasting room, uh, you guys don't serve food here, so can people bring in their own barbecue and stuff? We serve a little bit of food, like light grazing, what I call charcuterie boards, olives, hummus, nuts, but we absolutely allow anyone to bring food in because this is all about the cocktail here. Uh, and so, yeah, we have a lot of parties and events, and, you know, this stuff is great. Um, um, and then at the end of the day, the, the focus is the spirit and the cocktail, and this is marketing for the brand. So... Um, yeah, it's not a full kitchen. Well, that's, I think that's beautiful. Barbecue, bourbon. I mean, what, what do you think about pairing some, some bourbons with your food? Uh, I love it, man. When I, um, actually the first time I tasted this bourbon, I knew I had many, many recipe ideas and I've only played with, uh, two glazes out of it so far, but I've got some dessert ideas and some other stuff that I'm going to play with as well. So yeah, I mean, Alcohol and, 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 and culinary go hand in hand. And I've got from everything that we tasted today, I've got lots of ideas. So awesome. I, I think you could pour a little bit of this in some banana pudding. <laughs> banana pudding, uh sweet I mean sweet potato pie, even like to earlier the pecan pie. I'm definitely gonna do it in a pecan pie. So. You hear my little brother over here is like banana pudding. He's like, mm, And my man. wife also has an award winning banana pudding, so it's also been featured in Texas Monthly, so maybe. I think that would just give it a different mm-hmm. uh, little little kick, I think, mm-hmm. a little bit of whiskey in there. I've never had any banana pudding with whiskey in it. but I think I those flavor know. profiles definitely work, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I think, too, like the pecan is really good for food. That's where I really use it. And we've seen it like also in bread pudding. It's very popular. It's mm-hmm. really good with ice cream, uh, even all the way to brownies. Like there's, yeah. It's so much versatility. But I also think that's why the pecan is so popular as a whiskey just in the – and not just here and in other states, but because it's so versatile and so different because there's so much bourbon and there's so much rye and there's so much vodka and there's so much gin. There's not a lot of Texas pecan brown sugar bourbon. People always want, what's the next thing? What can I try that's new? And it's really good. Um, and so that's really why that spirit works so well. Well, 
did Marcus and Derek, did you guys know that the mother tree for all pecan trees is in Texas is actually down in San Saba, Texas? No. That's the pecan capital of the world. San Saba. Don't let none of them Georgia people tell mm-hmm. you it's a pecan. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it's Definitely a pecan. Not. Uh straight out of straight out of Texas, down in San Saba. Hmm. Yeah. Awesome. The the many things you learn when you're researching whiskey. And uh, talking about whiskey, and, and you know that's the thing that I love about uh, about um, you know whiskeys and bourbons and sitting around with guys who, who who like whiskey and bourbon. And the same thing with cigars. When you sit in a cigar lounge, I learned so much from just hanging in a cigar lounge or hanging at a bar with some guys and, and, and having a sip. You learn more there than I did in school. <laughs> <laughs> probably probably a couple of lies now. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> no, you're right. I I think it is the. Uh, great melting part of pot of america it doesn't matter whether you black round brown mm-hmm. red green yellow uh whatever color you are wherever you come from city country um, when it comes to whiskey yep. it kind of brings us all together right uh and meshes us together and it's something we have in common um it's kind of that mesh uh melting ground mm-hmm. of of american society i think and I, it's super beautiful that we can come together, sit down. We got four gentlemen here. Uh, I, I, that's a stretch for me and my brother. <laughs> Super stretch. Um, but four gentlemen, probably from four different backgrounds, or at least three different backgrounds, because me and him come from that same background, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the beautiful thing about this right here is it brought us together. I don't know if I didn't do a podcast that I would have ever had this opportunity to come in here, open the doors to us, and... Marcus was generous enough to put out some whiskey, and you were generous enough to bring over some um, barbecue. Um, like it's, I said, a fat man's dream. <laughs> it's been an awesome pairing because we uh, we pair food a lot, and we do dinners, and we do. But this is this has been pretty enjoyable today. Well, gentlemen, I really really appreciate it, Marcus. What you got? Anything that's coming down the pike for Blackland? Well, we've got our third year anniversary coming up in March, and then uh, we've got different launches in different states throughout the year from uh, Louisiana and Arkansas and Alabama and Mississippi and um, Kansas, Missouri, Colorado, Arizona, New Mexico. But the the thing I'm most excited about, oh, no, oh by the way, we just released our 50 milliliter line, which is very popular right now. Uh, but the, the thing I'm most excited about is our straight bourbon is going to come out at the end of the year. Um and that's what we've been working on since the beginning. Uh, and I'm, I'm really excited to release that. One of the things I forgot to ask you. So what's the price points of each of these whiskeys? I, I think it's incredibly competitive because everything I do is to try and get people to drink it and try it. Um, and so that they won't give me the answer of, well, I like everything, but it's too expensive and I'm not going to bring it in, especially at the bar and restaurant level. So retail, you're looking uh, at about all the whiskeys are the same, believe it or not. And you're looking at about $30. That's it. Yeah. $30. Yeah. That's super. And what? How, how much is the Texas pecan? Same. $30. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That man. That's amazing right there. I, I can't. I really can't believe that. <laughs> so you're letting the big guys come in and buy some for thirty dollars, but that don't care about their money. But you, the guy that works every day, that struggles, that's feeding his family, he can still afford to enjoy some whiskey um, every once in a while. That, that's a great price point, thirty dollars. I got to commend you on that right there. Um, that's what it's supposed to be about. Um, I love your bottle too. Thank I point you. that out to our listeners. Yeah. It is a custom bottle. You didn't go with a stock bottle. 
Uh, no, we didn't. And and we always say here, the bottle is the brand. Uh, you have to stand out in a crowded alcohol market. And so many people come in the distillery and they say, you know, I bought this because I liked the bottle and then I liked what was inside. Somewhat of a simplified label on there. You know who it is, but there's there's not millions of stickers or anything on there. Um, I like that. I would expect to see one with a longhorn on there and that old stockyards, but, um, well, we'll get there. <laughs> I, I love it. Um, so how much does tours, if somebody wanted to come and take a tour, do you guys do those? We do. We do a tour on Wednesday, Thursday, and the Saturday tours are always sold out. Um, and it's a pretty cool experience because we're a cocktail lounge. You come in, uh, it's $30. You get a cocktail, then we go out and drink on the production floor and we see how everything's made. We go to the barrel room and then we come back in and we uh, have a tasting flight of everything we make. So um, it's a pretty fun afternoon and definitely uh, a little bit different just because of the type of distillery that we are. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'll give each of you opportunity. Where can we find you on uh, social media, Derek? So we are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, all on the Smokeaholics Barbecue. Awesome. awesome. I love it. Uh, same for us. We're on Instagram and Facebook, uh, as well as TikTok, and that's all on, under Blackland Distillery FW. Um, and we have uh, our website, blacklandfw.com. Listeners, I will tell you, if you reach out to Blackland, they will get back with you. That's how I reached out to them was Instagram. Um, they got a great marketing team. Um, Hannah with them. She reached right back out to me. Uh, she was very awesome. So I got to say thank you to Hannah. Um, that was a great thing for me. It makes our life easier for the podcast. I really enjoy that uh, when everything works smoothly. Uh, Derek, man, once again, thanks for bringing these wings in. Um, I any man that shares his food with this fat guy right here, I enjoy it. And Marcus, uh, once again, man, sharing your whiskey with me, um, it almost makes me cry that uh, I get to taste whiskeys like this. You open your doors to me and my brother. Um, it's, a, it's a humbling experience when somebody else brings you in their house and uh, treats you great like a guest. So I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Really enjoyed having you and uh, appreciate the <laughs> exposure out to your audience. All right. So, listeners, you know where you can find us at. You can find us on TikTok. No, we do not do no dancing. I got bad knees, so uh, I'll probably fall down if I do that. But you can also find us on Instagram, uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, all those places. Our main place is Facebook. We have a Facebook group called the Bourbon Roadies, 2,500 strong. It's a private Facebook group, so you got to answer three questions to get in. Are you 21? Do you like bourbon? Hell yes. Everybody likes bourbon, right? And then do you agree to play nice because we don't tolerate any rudeness? Um, you know, if you want to drink from the very bottom of the shelf, and I started out like that with this stuff called 10 High Whiskey, uh, all the way to the top where there might be Pappy up there if you can afford it or find it, uh, we want you to be able to drink that. We want you to come in our Facebook group and celebrate birthdays, uh, holidays, uh, retirements, whatever you do in your military service. You just had a new child. Even if you want to celebrate somebody's life that just passed away and raise a glass to that family member or friend, we want you to do that without anybody trolling on you. So come on in and join us. We'd appreciate it. All that social media stuff. Um, you know, what we like to do, we like to give a whiskey away. Marcus 
has agreed to give away a bottle of whiskey, some other swag with that. But what you got to do is at noon, not only do you got to follow the Bourbon Road on Instagram, but you got to follow Blacklands. You got to follow Smokeaholics. Uh, and then on our post that day at noon on Instagram, you got to tell me where Marcus went to law school. That's what you got to post. So let us know that. Uh, we'll hook you up with Marcus and his team, and they'll get you that bottle of whiskey and some swag. So what we got to do to keep you listening to us is what we need you to do is going up to the top of your app, hit that check sign, that plus sign, that subscribe sign. Uh, that'll tell you that we got two shows that week. Um, one is our whiskey review, which will be about 15 minutes. And then our long show like today with a guest. It's a 30 minutes half and a 30 minute half. It'll get you to work and back usually. Um, do that subscribe. That way that app will tell you we're coming on. The next thing we need you to do is scroll on down, hit that five-star review, leave some comments, because uh, you know what will happen if you don't. The big bad booty daddy of bourbon will come over to your house, dragging his wagon, the big bad booty daddy wagon, loaded up with this black land whiskey. We'll drink all night. By the end of the night, you will leave us that five-star review, I guarantee. But seriously, those five-star reviews, those comments, that's what opens up the doors of distilleries like Blackland to us uh, gets us great content, gets us great, great whiskey in our hands. It gets barbecue in my belly. Um, so if you would do that, we'd appreciate it. Also, check out our sponsors, Cruise Customs Flags and Seldom Seen Farms. We'd appreciate that. If you want to check out our website, thebourbonroad.com, we have our reviews on there. We have some articles on there, just a couple. Um, give those a read. You can also leave us comments on there of what you'd like to see. If you have a distillery in your hometown, you have a barbecue joint in your hometown, you want us to go check out, we'll do it. We will hunt that person down. Uh, we'll get them on here as guests. But the, probably the best way to reach out to us is either our email. He's Jim at the Bourbon Road. I'm Mike at the Bourbon Road. But probably the best way, as we always say, is on our Instagram, you can send us a DM. He's jshannon 63 I'm Big Bourbon Chief, and we'll see you on down the Bourbon Road. Mm -hmm.